Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. This is Bewilderbeasts, an infotainment show dedicated to inspiring curiosity for all ages by investigating the ways animals intersect at humanity. I am not a historian, an ethologist, a researcher, a scientist, a zoologist, a trained audio engineer, or an expert in, well, anything. Y'all, I'm lucky if I can remember to put my clean laundry in the dryer before it gets funky. And while I make every effort to present things as accurately as I can with a fun flair, I'm going to mess up. And that's okay. I hope I've given you a nice place to jump off from on your own adventures into curiosity. Or at the very least, I've given you the key to win your next round of trivia. Welcome to Bewilderbeasts. I'm your host, Melissa McHugh McGrath. And today on Bewilderbeasts, we are going to explore why farmers are painting eyeballs on cow butts. And we'll do a deep dive on honeybees who are trained to find buried landmines in Croatia. Let's go. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of Bewilderbeasts. Now I'm hiding in the smallest closet in our apartment, which is a small apartment outside of Somerville, Massachusetts. At the beginning of summer, everything went upside down for a lot of you. And I know this has been a hard year, especially for parents and kids. But the city that I live in during the COVID-19 crisis, lots of people jumped in to help. And they helped in remarkable ways. One way that our city pulled together was to put together a free online summer camp for kids. During that virtual summer camp, I had actually volunteered to teach children about animals. I had no idea what I was doing. I'm just a dog trainer. I work with dogs all day. But I love science. I love animals. And I love fun facts. I used to read the Uncle John's Bathroom Reader for fun. And any trivia I could get my hands on, the Guinness Book of World Records everything. I love trivia. I love fun facts. I love fascinating and interesting things. And so during that virtual summer camp, I had decided that I would put all of those things together for an animal fun class for children and curious adults where they could learn about animals who changed history, like a cow you're going to learn about in a future episode who was framed for starting the Great Chicago Fire. Spoiler alert, she didn't. But as a result of the city burning down, the story of that cow inspired another country to help Chicagoans start what has become the second largest library system in the United States. Before this, you had to pay to use the library. Can you even imagine? So we'll talk more about that story in a future episode. But in this summer camp, we had also talked about animals who help humans, like dogs who do service work for people or therapy dogs, dogs who detect COVID-19 and cancer. We talked about people who work with animals, like I'm a dog trainer. I had talked to my veterinarian friends. We had talked to people who did other work with animals around the world. In case these kids wanted to grow up and work with animals someday, or if some of their parents wanted a career change. Many of these topics will be fleshed out here in Bewilderbeasts too, but one animal stuck out as my absolute favorite, and that is the inspiration of this entire podcast. If you picked this to listen to, thank you. You might have picked it because you're a friend or you're my kid. Hi, Ace. 
Or you might have noticed that there was a picture with the words Bewilderbeast with some fun bright colors, but there's a pink flower with a bee. But if you look carefully at that flower, did you notice something different about it? I'll just tell you. The logo for this podcast that you are listening to right now is inspired by the Croatian bomb bee. It was my very favorite thing that I learned while I was teaching kids about animals over the summer. So let's learn about how bees halfway across the globe are saving towns and people from certain death from unexploded landmines. But first... Did you know that farmers paint eyes on cow butts to protect them from predators? Now where I live, cows live in fields, and there are very few natural predators, except for us, of course, but in places where cows live alongside lions and jaguars and other apex predators, cows are easy pickings. And let's face it, they're a delicious dinner. But according to a study from Communications Biology, researchers had painted giant eyes on bovine booties. And when they did this, they observed that lions would actually not pick those cows. And while this sounds silly, it makes evolutionary sense. Think about butterflies. Some of them have eye patterns on their wings to confuse predators, right? It's hard to sneak up on someone that you think is watching you. So let's look at lions. They attack by sneaking up on their prey. So if they are fooled into thinking that they are being watched, the lions lose their advantage. And according to Mental Floss, my favorite website on the internet, this works on humans too. We all fall prey to being watched. For example, when bicycles were parked near signs with a menacing look featuring eyes, they were 65% less likely to be stolen. So what does that mean for butt-bespectacled cattle? Well, for now, it appears that eyes painted on their butts work well, but if all cows had these markings, predators might just get wise to it or desperate and still attack these cows, but they might not. Let's get back to the bees who started it all for this very podcast. Are you ready for a deep dive? Let's go. So why bees? When most people think of explosive detection, we tend to think of bomb-sniffing dogs. And by we, I mean I do, and I don't want to speak for everyone here, But it turns out that using a technique that I use in dog training called associative learning works on bees. This is going to sound super familiar to some of you. Does Pavlov ring a bell? The key to associative learning is pairing something new that has never produced a response in the past. And you pair that with something really good or really bad, as we'll talk about in a minute. Ivan Pavlov discovered that his dogs would drool every time food was presented to them, but if a bell rang just before food was presented, the very sound of the bell over time also produced a drool response in his dogs, even if there was no food available. But here's the thing. Dogs are not the only ones who can learn by associative learning, nor are bees. All animals can learn with this technique, and it has many practical applications. For example, my cell phone alert is the Mario coin sound. So when a recent televised basketball game decided to be funny and have that same sound effect every time, the home team scored a basket, I felt my body respond and twitch, a little burst of adrenaline, oh, my phone, and I would reach for it, 
every time. And it was a high-scoring game. I eventually had to put my phone down in the other room, and I still found myself reaching for the phone that wasn't even there. That sound prior to having my cell phone didn't produce a reach for my phone response, but it does now. And that's the same for your doorbell, alerts on your phone, and for animals who find explosives, the smell of explosives produce a similar response, a drive, intensity, and a reward, in this case, food. By taking the scent of explosives and introducing a small amount of that odor, you don't want to overwhelm the animal, but you do want to add just a little bit just before their favorite food shows up. The odor can predict food is on the way. So why don't they just use dogs? Well, dogs are pretty expensive to train for this kind of work. Plus, you need one handler per dog. Dogs are heavy, and if they misstep, you can set off an unexploded explosive. But the two biggest advantages are that bees learn faster, and you can have a swarm of bees on the hunt for underground landmines instead of one or two Labrador retrievers. Bees can be taught in just two days to seek out novel odors, new scents, including those of buried landmines in Croatia, remnants of the Croatian War for Independence, otherwise known of the Balkan Wars. Since the start of the Balkan Wars in 1991, it is estimated that 2,500 people have died from landmine explosions alone, and that the 90,000 mines that are still scattered around the country were placed at random and without any sort of map. And while it's impossible to put a leash on a bee or even tag them with microchips that could track them, drones can follow groups of trained bees to see where they congregate. And so far it's worked. By mixing sugar water with a little bit of TNT odor, the bees learned that a little TNT smell, the same amount on an underground mine, predicted food for the bee. And they were able to lead bomb clearance teams to unexploded landmines so they could be cleared safely. This undoubtedly saved lives. Now, unsurprisingly in my line of work, when people discovered that they can get great behavior with honey, they then decide that they need to use a stick. One woman had decided to try to train her bees for the German police force by shocking the bees that were sniffing odors like explosives and narcotics or drugs. So why use shock or pain when sugar water worked really well? Well, Pavlov's theory, as I said earlier, does work in the other direction too. While the dogs heard a bell and would drool for food, you could just as easily condition an animal or person to fear something by association, too. For me, I'm scared of spiders. Like, super scared of spiders? Okay, so I appreciate them and I understand on paper that they're great and all this other stuff, but I once reacted to the possibility of a spiker. But I once reacted to the possibility of a spider by panicking jumping backwards and throwing a table I was sitting at, and I then ran to a wall because I couldn't get out of the door. This was during a psychology class on phobias of all places. Phobias suck. And all of my behavior was pure instinct. So to say that I am afraid of spiders is a bit of an understatement. I have been working hard and I'm getting a lot better, but I still can't go into a field with tall grass. Because to me, Tall grass equals trapped with spiders after an incident when I was a kid chasing a soccer ball into tall grass. And after getting the ball and looking around and noticing I was surrounded by spiders, tall grass equals spiders. Tall grass, nervous and anxious. 
My suspicion is that individuals who want to use shock to train bees to hate the smell of drugs is maybe hoping for a more visceral response from the bees. Maybe the bees will attack or maybe the bees will get angry, and this could work. But it also might cause the bee to shut down and hate the food that they are associating with the shock. If you've ever had drink or food that has, well, this is a family-friendly podcast, so I'll say backfired on you, you might not be able to eat it anymore. And that's unfortunate. Teaching any animal with cruelty not only harms the animal, but is unnecessary, and it tends to have other consequences as well. So be kind to animals. While the saying goes, you can get more with honey than a stick, you can literally get more with sugar than with shock. And the funniest of fun facts, at least for me. My name is Melissa. It is Greek for a honeybee. Melissophilia is a real word, and it means loves bees. And Melissophobia means scared of bees, or terrified of groups of women likely born between 1979 and 1983 named Melissa, as you should be. So thank you for joining me on my journey today for the very first episode of Bewilder Beasts. I'm still working out the details as this is my first episode, and I've never recorded anything before, and I certainly don't know what I'm doing in editing, so just please be patient and kind. But if there are things that you'd like me to talk about on this podcast, if you're as curious as I am or as excited about weird animal facts as I am, please don't hesitate to email me, bewilderbeastspod at gmail.com. You can also find me at bewilderbeastspod on Twitter and on Facebook. And if you're an Instagram kind of person, you can visit over at bewilderbeasts on Instagram. I'm Melissa McHugh McGrath with Mud Stuff Media. Thanks for listening. Now go get curious. I got today's information from gizmodo.com, communications biology, armytechnology.com, Wikipedia, The Times UK, and How Stuff Works. And yes, I did use Wikipedia, but it is important if you are also using this site to double check the resources and the references within the Wikipedia article, which I did. Links are in the description of today's episodes. Intro music is Tiptoe Out the Back by Dan Leibowitz, and interstitial music is by MK2. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, and share with your curious friends. You know, the stuff every podcast tells you to do. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at podfix on Twitter, official underscore podfix on Instagram, at podfixnetwork on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.